Today's special Oscars episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33, as well as our favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to start using SeatGeek, especially if you're a Patriots fan in the Colorado area. Then definitely use SeatGeek for the Sunday's game. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app and our promo code BS. SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Get to it, Patriots fans. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Simply Safe. Here's a little tip that will save you a huge headache later. Any home security company that says it's free probably has a huge contract attached. Three years, thousands of dollars, you're locked in. Well, there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. No long-term contracts, period. You get the best 24-7 protection for just $14.99 a month. The only security I trust. Visit simplysafebill.com to get my 10% off discount. And we're off. Yeah. It's been a couple months since he was here. This wasn't here last time. Yeah, we didn't have this song the last time. Me and Tupac. I hadn't cleared it yet. You guys are back together. It does give me, it does create this energy. At least at first anyway. I I have a a new energy. It does. I feel like he'd be happy about it. For a lot of different reasons. For any number of reasons. Tupac like like having this be the theme song for your show. Of course he would be. He would have enjoyed the symbolism behind it. So that's Wesley Morris, (laughs) now of the New York Times, formerly of, uh, of Grantland. And you have not been on, I think you were like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth pod, whatever, Something somewhere like in the early, early yeah. stages of the early. BS pod. We were sitting in different spots is how we were. Things are all changed this up. This is now my spot. Um, last I got a good year view at this time, tape, though. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Last year at this time, we were taping like a three hour recording session for our Oscars TV special. Yeah. We had all these fun categories. It was a more fun Oscars. Oh, yeah. Last year was way more fun than Th- these. This year's less fun, but um, we're taping this on a Monday. Yeah. The only reason we're taping this early is because you're just passing through town. You're leaving I'm, tomorrow. So I'm, we had to grab I'm, you while it's you're It's an here. in and out. Yeah. So uh, right before we were taping this, noticed online um, there's going to be a little boycott. It looks this like for the just Oscars. in. Spike Lee, Jada Pinkett, no longer going. So far. I mean, that feels like a snowball rolling down the hill. Director and star of Bamboozled, out. Right. Well, wife of Will Smith. And wife of non-nominated Will Smith. Who probably thought he was going to be nominated. And, you know, frankly, if we're being totally honest on this, she should have been been among the nominated. She should have been part of that nominee conversation. Magic Mike. She's so good. Oh Oh my God. Move back like six inches so you don't blow up. Yeah, yeah. That's better. Our our microphones are very sensitive. Oh, okay. So I I noticed this when it came out. Yeah. Um, All white people nominated, really. Everybody knows. All white people. It was hard not to notice. You live in Los Angeles. You You had the like the 25 mug shots, like totaling one yeah, I didn't giant see that the next day it was amazing i'm naive with race for the most part because i've always grown up like you know i just have liked everything like yeah. my favorite basketball players are black most of my favorite shows are black people so it's rare for me to see something that jumps out that blatantly where i'm like wait this is weird like where's michael b jordan right where's edis alba where like where where's everybody I mean, look, okay, so we have to we have to back up for one second because yes, please do. I mean, we have to tell the story about what is actually going on here. 
So 2015 was, by many accounts, a really good year for movies up to a certain point. Right. And among what was really good about 2015 were things like Straight Outta Compton, according to some people. I'm not crazy about that movie, but it's, we're setting it's, that aside. It's memorable. It's it 25 is, it, minutes it, it long, It made a memorable. lot of money. Yeah. It turned a lot, and its success turned a lot of heads. You had the sort of ongoing, unkillable career of Kevin Hart. You had Creed, which came at the end of the year, a, a sort of rejuvenation of the Rocky franchise. And, told and the first the, good director since Rocky won for a Rocky movie. That also yes, really helped. Yes. It's not I a mean, coincidence. Sly Stallone got nominated. I would also say that Ryan Coogler at this point is a better director than John G. Avelson or whatever. I would agree. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Some great karate kid um, scenes, though, by Avelson. You got to <laughs> hand it to him. So... You have you have what I would say is a fairly you had in the summer you had a movie called Dope that made a pretty good amount of money. Um, you didn't have quite the range of I think the thing that was sort of disappointing to me was you didn't have a range of people in black people in movies like you had a you, it was limited to a specific region a specific kind of movie um, mostly black men. Um, or and black women serving a purpose in in black movies that they served in like 1991 or 92. Like, well, no Denzel movie this year, right? Did he have no? One? No, there was no and Denzel we had the Washington Will Smith movie. movie with the bad the bad accent. You had a very bad Will Smith movie. I do not understand your concussions. <laughs> he he sounded a little bit like Daniel Day Lewis. He, he wasn't from India or like Gaza that, or no, wherever I'm, this accent coming from. Ireland Zimbabwe combo. <laughs> like if somebody from Zimbabwe and Ireland had a kid. I don't even know who that person. Is yeah, I don't understand. Ba- like Zimbabwe and Ireland, I am more worried about the concussions than you. <laughs> You're right. That, that it doesn't sound like Will Smith. I'm sorry. I can't so- do accents. Neither. I mean, n- neither can he. Neither can he. Um, but he is really good in the movie, nonetheless. The movie is just unspeakably bad. I think this is the thing that you run up against with 2015. The reason this is so bad for the for Hollywood first and the Academy second, and but most immediately, obviously, the Academy is. Well, you did have Street Outta Compton, and you did have Dope, and you did have Concussion, and you did have Creed. None of those movies is immediately, according to at least the studios that released them, Oscar movies. So despite the fact that Street Outta Compton came out at the height of summer, I think the beginning of August or the end of July, made a lot of money, it seemed like Universal was kind of caught off guard about whether to put this movie in front of Oscar voters for consideration. Now, unfortunately, that's how this process works. You can't organically become part of the Oscar conversation in most cases. You have to have a studio sort of push you in front of Oscar voters. I see what you're doing here. You're flipping this around. People blame the Academy. You're saying the whole studio system is the reason this happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You they I mean, What? I, the number of movies they had to choose from was pretty small in terms of people of color. And if, if you really are looking at this, honestly, what really are the odds for sure at a Compton as a best picture nominee, according to the way the math works on best picture, it's, it's hilariously almost impossible for that movie to be part of that conversation. Creed's a better, Creed is a much better, has has a much more legitimate conventional shot. But I don't think the studio knew what they had in Creed until people until the reviews came in. 
And the way that the Oscar campaigning process works now, if you, you but think wait about a it, second though, they knew what they had. I don't think they knew that it was going to be as critically acclaimed as it was. I yeah, think they I knew think it was going to be a big movie. They knew they had a movie that would make back the thirty-five million dollars right. it cost to 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 get it made. Yes, I think they knew they had a probable hit on their hands, right. but. I don't think that they, this is, this is, this for me is where the racism starts to come in. I mean, I don't, I think there's racism in the academy to some extent, but I think there's a kind of institutional racism when it comes to what people in this town think a quote Oscar movie unquote is. It's Brooklyn. But that, no, but they just think like, oh, Brooklyn the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they think, oh, sure. Like, like the story. That like makes the, sense. Right. Also, the people who made Brooklyn understood they don't they didn't, you know, they understood that that's a movie that would appeal to Academy voters, which as of right now is still largely male, like like predominantly male, predominantly white and predominantly older. So I think the average age and I'm probably going to be wrong about this, but I want to say it's like late 50s, early 60s. I screwed up with my example. It's actually Bridge of Spies is the perfect kind of movie that the Academy is like, oh, Spielberg. Yes. And Hanks. Yes. We do- oh, oh. The 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 unfortunate part of your very apt example cuz I I agree with you in terms of it, that being a class of movie is that Bridge of Spies is actually really good. Well, so is Creed. Yes, but the thing about Creed is the studio didn't think of it as a quote Oscar movie. Unquote. But whereas Bridge of Spies, Bridge of Spies is no brainer. 2 years ago also, they thought it was an Oscar the movie. The institution the way the institution works is think about this. They don't have to position Bridge of Spies as an Academy movie because it's got Academy pedigree in it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a Steven Spielberg movie set in the past, specifically during World War II, with Tom Hanks. You don't really have to mount an, an unusual campaign or go out of your way to make a movie like that appealing to Oscar voters. Creed, well, but so how does Trumbo, how does Cranston get nominated I, I mean, even Cranston, like, we talked about it, but not for yeah, our podcast. I would say. How does I, Cranston get, even Cranston shocked he got nominated? <laughs> I would say that Cranston is somebody that people in this, I mean, Breaking Bad, he is good for life. So you think the Academy is like, oh, I love Breaking Bad. Check. A- absolutely. I mean, I don't want to be that cynical about it. I'm willing to be cynical about pretty much every other aspect of this process. I think Cranston just has a lot of goodwill toward him. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think Trumbo is an utterly disposable m- movie and a complete missed opportunity to tell the Dalton Trumbo story, especially under in, in that Hollywood context. Right. Um, and he's fine in the movie. He's but- fine. I mean, I could think of five other people who I would, I would, uh, filling out my ballot, I would have put. Tom Hardy played twins. Any they number. were totally different. <laughs> He's not nominated. In, Tom in, Hardy. In everybody's defense, because that movie is also not very good. But you know, <laughs> He's I was. twins. I was surprised that he actually. Oh, wait. So we, because I, I want to talk about Tom yeah, Hardy sorry, for a second. I derailed but, you. but let's just, let's just, let's just like get this race thing uh, on the table all the way. Um, so Bridge of Spies is just a much more obvious Oscar candidate, right? So you don't have to, I mean, psychologically or psychically, I think people just assume that they should be thinking about Bridge of Spies at the end of the year when it comes time to, because I mean, if the movie works, right? And the movie in this case, I would say it works. I think other people agree that it works. Um, I also think that one of the things that hurts Creed is just like, 
the Academy is used to thinking about black people a certain way. And I think Hollywood is used to thinking about black people a certain way. Okay. If, if Creed were about like a runaway slave who gets the box, do you know what I mean? That was the original script. (laughs) It was Creed's, it was Creed's grandfather. I mean, let's think about this. If Creed were like, like, like a butler son no, who gets you, the box. I mean, son. do you know what I mean? Like if, in the 1900s, if, if it were some, if there was just no real, there was no real conventional way for the way the way the academy thinks. But wait a second, go back to your butler son. I like that. So it's like <laughs> we're 1890. Make this movie? Apollo, Oprah, Oprah's there as the older maid. Who's <laughs> the, who's the really mean patriarch? Well, if we're going all the way back there, this now becomes loaded because what would they have been doing? They would have been Mandingo fighters. Like they wouldn't have been. Oh, they would probably wouldn't have been in a boxing ring. They would have been in within the. I mean, there's probably a version of this boxing story you can tell, and the boxing historian can probably put this in proper historical perspective. But in terms of the way black men and violence in public in public space worked i mean they'd kind of be mandingo fighters i have good news the academy just nominated this fake movie for an oscar <laughs> it got added to the category Jaden and spike you can come to the show now <laughs> they, they've heard all they needed to hear stop will smith's in it he, he doesn't even know yet he's been oh cast. we're great i mean what is he doing no movie? you're right though but he, here's what i don't get this was kind of the year like empire starts this whole thing and Shonda Rhimes, all these shows, and everybody kind of belatedly realizes, oh, wow, the black audiences are totally underserved, and we can make a lot of money with this, and this is great, and there are all these great actors, and let's do this, everybody. And then Oscar shut out nine months later. Bizarre. Yeah. No, I mean, I I just don't think that between the priorities of the movie industry, and, and if there's another thing that, and we've talked about this before, but global, the global audience is something that's really on the minds of a lot of studios and now it's entirely possible for them to 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 clear whatever their whatever their bottom line is in terms of global audience and global reach it's possible for them to meet those and still make a creed right like it's not as though you have to completely underserve the black audience or like any audiences of color um, or women for that matter by making movies these sort of gargantuan entertainments that happen to feature a bunch of white people because the assumption is that Chinese people only want to watch Chris Pratt. I don't believe that. And I don't think that that sort of catering necessarily needs to happen. Chinese people love Kobe more than any Chinese person other than maybe Yi Jinlan. I would say that the same is probably true for Will Smith. Yeah. And I think the more famous Kevin Hart gets and the, the, the dumber some of his movies are sort of willing to be I think his physical comedy plays well anywhere I don't I don't think that I think that's an excuse to not diversify the movies I don't think that that's a that's a legitimate argument did Spike Lee let us down by not making a better movie or did you like that movie I think Chirac is almost good I think the thing (laughs) for me well (laughs) the Spike Lee story no 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 no. I look I am a I mean yes that is a sort of public the last 15 last 15 years but I think there's a lot of there's some really good filmmaking in this film I, I my problem with it is that it misdiagnoses and then it misdiagnoses a problem and then proceeds to use that misdiagnosis to treat it Hmm. So it, I mean, the movie sort of assumes it uses this sort of classical Greek um, story, Aristophanes, Lysistrata, and uses it to try to 
to get at some sort of al- to, to allegorize Chicago's gun violence situation. Yeah. The problem with it for me is that I don't think the solution to this problem is like locking up all of all of the vaginas in Chicago. I don't really think that 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 is quite I mean, even as a even as a even as an allegory that doesn't work for me. Um, I think that there are any number of of ways he could have gone about doing this. I do really like the imagination and the sort of vision behind uh, approaching this problem at all. But the problem, the, the additional problem for me is even in, in attempting to do that, I don't think the movie itself is is that interesting. This guy needs to make a full on musical at this point he has flirted with it so many times hmm. he's had so many musical moments in movies in school days and malcolm x and 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 there is a kind of music and in, in son of sam and summer of sam there's there's so many musical moments in his movies and he's made a lot of music videos i just feel like he should just make a musical um i also think that one of the problems with chirac is the, it was hard. It was a hard sell for audiences just because a lot of it is in verse, and it moves in and out of the decision to to, to remain in verse. But I think that um, I think that uh, you know the performances are, are uh, some of the performances are really good. Um, well, wait a second though, with Spike. Yeah, Don't, like I, you know, the movie sounded promising. Ultimately, yeah. I couldn't get fired up to watch it because I I've just been let down too many times by a Spike Lee movie. That's Over the fair. last 15 years. They're just like, fair. you know what? I don't want to spend the two hours. I'd but rather watch some of these other ones. I will say, he remains utterly uncompromised in terms of what he wants to do as a filmmaker. Hmm. I, I mean, he he could... I mean, he might, he might beg to differ with this. I think if he wanted to, I don't think the studio... I don't know what the studios think of him at this point. I think that they probably think he's a loose cannon and and are nervous to spend a great deal amount of time with him yeah. um, because he is so independent-minded and is so his bullshit detector is so strong and he's outspoken and he's he's got a weird artistic view of of any sort of conventional situation, right? He's not going to see the world the way you, the way you right. see it. I get it. And... I think the presentation of that sort of sidelong view, if you're a studio executive at sidelong, I'm, I'm saying, um, it's just going to sort of cause you some problems. I think that he's made some mistakes recently. I think that making remaking Old Boy was was just not something he needed to do, and especially the the remake that he gave us. Uh, did you see that by the way? No. There's a really good sequence. There are a couple really good physical sequences, but. If you to watch the movie is to just see this misshapen movie that it feels was taken that seems like it was taken away from him and then re-edited to seem commercial. I'm, but I'm done with re- we need first of all you know as I always say we need a sports czar we need a Hollywood czar to do what I'm not like, I'm not on stuff disagree like, with you. First of all, the the Hollywood czar would tell Spike, hey Spike, just you know you do do what you want do wait, but every like six years just make an entertaining movie. Just do like do the equalizer with Denzel. <laughs> Just do it for four months, bang it out, right? Put some Spike Lee things in it and get out, and then go do a couple years. Like. I you're would a good say, filmmaker. Just do a couple yeah. that are just your only goal is just to be entertaining. I, I think that's I think that I I am I fully support that. I think it's hard for me to sort of say, Spike, this is what you should do. I no, feel I like one of the no no no, but one of the things that I think is really interesting is Inside Man, which I think the universe agrees 
is a really good movie. I Twenty Fifth Hour. You know, I love that. Twenty Fifth. Well, that's 20, my favorite Spike movie. Twenty Fifth Hour. I mean, this is that that sort of goes in in the class of movie I'm going to present. The class of Spike Lee movie I'm going to present, which is a movie that he didn't write. Right. That he could sort of push up against in terms of whether or not he agreed with the entire script that he's working with. Yeah. There's some tension between him and the material and then by extension, the actors. And he has a clear vision for what he of what he wants to say. I also think that the thing about Chirac that 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 was curious to me is. I don't think that if if some other director had gone to Brooklyn and made a similar movie about about police brutality, I don't think he would have stood for it. Right. I think he was in Chicago. I think he was out of his element. I don't think he knows that city the way he, he obviously doesn't know that city the way he knows Brooklyn. I think there was a real sort of class disconnect between himself and the South side of Chicago. I think that it was a very sort of uh, privileged view of that problem. And I don't mm. use that word loosely or lightly. I, I mean, I, I think that this is a rich middle-aged man who has a particular artistic point of view that does not entirely fit with, with the problem he's trying to address. So the movie I would love to see him make is the What the Hell is Happening in Brooklyn, this place that I loved movie. Yes. All these hipsters have come in and ruined my well, city. Well, you saw Jimmy's. He's, you he's, saw Jimmy's. He's dying to make that movie. He just won't. You saw Jimmy's do the white thing. Yeah, sketch, yeah. Right? I mean, I felt like, I mean, I, 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 he is so outspoken about what's happened in Brooklyn that I would love to see that. Put it in a script, Spike. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that he is working on. I mean, he he might be working on something. I'm not sure about anything with him, but it was great to see him get that honorary Oscar. It was great to hear him give that speech and to sort of like lay out this exact problem that we're trying to talk about now um, with Hollywood and non-white people and women and people and 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 you know non-straight people. Um, Wait, so Michael B. Jordan said on my podcast, because we talked about yeah. the roles for actors, and I was like, who's on your The corner? second time he came back? Yeah, that when he came on like On, on this ago. show. Right? Yeah, it's like, so like, who's on your corner? You know, like mm-hmm. the, the way Hollywood works now. Oh, it's yeah. Like, he, if it's a black actor part, and he was saying like, oh, answer. yeah, it could be everyone from age 20 to age 55. Right. And he was saying how the thing that bothers him, one, they're not writing enough good parts for black actors and actresses. And then two, that he's not considered for some parts where they just go, Oh yeah, that should be a white person where it's like, well, well, why there's a lot of movies that it doesn't really matter what the color of the person is. And I, that seemed like that, that bothered him more than anything that he just felt like certain roles, just, he didn't even have a chance and he wasn't positive. Why? Well, I mean, the answer is, I mean, I mean, I mean, we know the (laughs) The answer answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. But I think you're bringing up TV is really important. I think that the thing, the change in television in in three years, think about what think about how we could never have had the oh, my God, TV looks like more like the world now than it did two years ago. Right. There's so much stuff happening on TV. There are so many different people on TV right now. It is so exciting. And a lot of these shows are, if they're not great, they're really entertaining. Yeah. And there are black women running these shows. There are gay people running these shows. There are 
the the Jill Soloway universe running running oh, yeah. transparent, which is like the transparent is is just an artistic miracle. I've never seen anything like this show before in my life. I thought that I hadn't seen anything like this with Orange is the New Black, but transparent is a different thing. It's a it's a familiar energy. It's a similar energy, but as an achievement, this is like I've never seen anything. I mean, outside of maybe European filmmaking like that goes on for a long time this is this is a completely different thing for american televised entertainment nothing is nothing close to this well maybe that's where we're going maybe but i i think that the, by comparison i think this like the michael b michael b jordan's problem is that he's probably going to audition for things not written by a black person not produced by a black person and not directed by a black person and in the scheme of things that shouldn't matter but ultimately it kind of does you you are having one set of experiences limit or dictate the purview and range of a whole other set of experiences once you get more people like um more producers of color more women making movies i mean you know the statistics sort of bear out what happens when like for instance a woman gets a job directing a show most of the cast and crew wind up, or more of the cast and crew wind up being women, for instance, if a woman is directing it. Um, I mean, now, that, now you're in Project Greenlight Effie conversation territory. Well, but it's true. I don't want to do this. No, I don't no, want. I can't, can't do it again. Away. Like, I mean, away. I love him so much, and I'm no, tired of talking about this, and I feel no, bad, and everything else. Yeah, but it's all true, and I think that the thing about TV is you just have more different people doing more different things. And I also think that TV, the, 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 the level of risk is the barrier to failure with, by, by applying risk or taking a risk. It's just, it's just lower. Well, there's two things going on. There's so many shows now that there's you can also, write a yes. show for a specific right. niche. Right, right, right. And you know that it's not going to blow up. You've got an infinite, you've a seemingly infinite amount of, of space. You also have people now things. that are just like, here's money. Do whatever you want. We'll stay out of the way. Yeah. Which is rare. I mean, yes. I don't know how long that's going to last, but right now that's the, that's what Netflix is doing right now. Right. They just give people money. Do I, your thing. Amazon, same thing. Here's money. Yeah. And Hollywood, the movies anyway, are are constricting. Yes. And so they're making fewer movies. And it, but you've got a guy like Will Packer, for instance, who has produced a lot of the Kevin Hart movies, a bunch yeah. of other sort of black cast and mostly black directed films that have done pretty well at the box office. I think this guy, if he wanted to, could because what we're missing, the thing that the reason we're in this position is not just there's a there's a lack of just to stick with with black people and black entertainment there's but i mean this is applicable to all the races um it's not just that there is a lack of black movies eligible for oscars it's that when when you can get a black movie made it's sort of limited to a particular type of film and the miracle was straight out of compton and the miracle of creed is that both movies in the eyes of some people, I mean, I think Creed is a really, really good movie. I think Straight Outta Compton is fine. But the people who love Straight Outta Compton love it. Whatever. Well, part of the art of Straight but, Outta Compton was it should have been a disaster. And right, was somehow great right, and relied right, so much right, on they right. had to cast those three guys correctly, which they did. The casting, I mean, could have get, just gone the casting horribly. of that movie alone yeah. gets an Oscar. But, you know, it's funny because the four screenwriters, the four white Dre and Cube approved screenwriters are an Oscar, are Oscar nominees. Yeah. Um, 
And I do think that the strong point of that movie weirdly is its script. Uh, and aside from the Definitely actors the structure who, who yeah. play who play Ice Cube and, and Easy E, those guys are incredible. And Paul Giamatti is really good in that. It's movie. really good. It's, um, the structure is great. It's like these guys, the police push these guys over the limit and right. it made their careers. And here we go, and it gets you by the forty-five minute mark. You're like, yeah, fuck the police, fuck those guys. <laughs> right, right, just gets right. you totally into it. By the forty-five minute mark, that was when I'm out. Like it starts to become really conventional. Yeah. Probably at around the time Ice Cube leaves. The Detroit scene is great. Right. And that's... That's... that's. I thought that's the peak of that movie. That's the peak of that movie. That's actually one of my favorite scenes of the whole year. Just yeah. Really, I was ready for it. I knew it was coming. And then it was great. It was And they really understand good. what's going on in that scene. There's a real... And I feel like they just... I mean, drop the ball is probably not the right word. I mean, they just... The movie wound up going You're in a different, went, more conventional direction right. after that. Really good first 40, 40 it, minutes. Or it so. could have been. It could have been great. I think that for forty five minutes is very very good, and then it's just perfectly mediocre after that. But so, are you sufficiently satisfied with my <laughs> with my laying out of of what is actually going yeah, we, on? Yeah, we we have everything except for one thing. Yeah. Does a boycott change anything? Let's say. Oh, let's say twenty five of the biggest African American, black, biracial, everybody. They just sit out. They're just out. Why <laughs> you threw in biracial? <laughs> I was just throwing at everybody. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, you're staying home. You yeah, hear Dwayne, that? Dwayne Johnson home. Yeah. Dwayne, uh, I mean, Vin Diesel. Well, Vin Diesel wouldn't go anyway. But I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that the that, Vin Diesel biracial. Come on, are we going to have this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know he probably about doesn't Vin want Diesel. us to have this conversation. Okay. He is. He is. He is one race. He is human. That okay, is, that's what that's I figured. Right, exactly. Um, I thought he might be an here's, alien. He, okay, so there's... Okay, wait. Just I also want to just finish my point about Will Packer. Will Packer now has all this clout. He can... he can, Or I, I, I don't know what Will Packer would say his clout is. I, I think he's got clout. I think Will Packer could get made some movie that some August Wilson play, some Lynn Notage play, some, some original screenplay, something that is... That would speak to Academy voters with in a in a in a way that doesn't feel compromised by letting white people sort of free black people or help black people read, you know, like any of the sort of conventional things that happen in these movies that wind up nominated for Oscars. Um, I think Will Packer is a person is one of their producers who has the clout to do that. Ava DuVernay, obviously, is I think what happened last year with Selma sort of gave her. Oh it gave God. her purpose. It renewed her purpose, her Forgot political purpose. I mean, I think her artistic purpose won't would never change, but I do think that kind of awakened something in her. I don't think she was complacent about that movie's prospects with the Academy, but I think the way that whole thing shook out, because I also think that that, that film was hurt by the sort of racism of promotion rather than necessarily Academy racism. Um, but I, I think that there are more people in a position to do good things in movies. And look, in 10 years, I think we're going to we this won't we'll be talking about how in 2015 there was that time that there were no black acting nominees, you know, and you didn't tell me whether the boycott is going to help or not. Oh, right. OK, so <laughs> I think the boycott will definitely be embarrassing for the Academy. And if great Chris for, Rock great is for the, Chris Rock's monologue. And, and if Chris Rock's the only black person in the room, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, well, like he won't be the only black person in, in, involved because Reginald Hudlin is still producing. 
and Chris Rock is still the host. I have two two key points for you. Yes. What one? What if Chris Rock bows out right now? Great career move. Well, look, this great any, career move. Anything can happen at this point, right? I mean, it wasn't as it's not as though Spike Lee and Jada Pinkett Smith, both of whom I I adore and respect very much. Um, it's not that big a deal that they're not going since a, you know, Spike Lee would have, I think, just have stood up and said, hey, everybody, I got this. I already got this honorary Oscar. Um, he'd be going as somebody who had already received his prize. And Jada Pinkett Smith would probably have been going as a presenter. Um, unclear. But, you know, Reginald Hudlin is in a bit of a bind because I think one of the things, if this, if, if the boycotts continue, I think he's, a, he's in a bind because he is a producer of this show, has the, you know, he knows every, he can call everybody up and just be like, hey, will you come present? But if there is this, there's going to be this interesting tension now. What like, if they? What if every presenter was black? I mean, last year that'd be pretty. That would be a pretty good counter response to this. I mean, but and what? They, and then, like after like the fifteenth category, it's like here they are, Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't have to. You you. How yeah. do I put this? You wouldn't even have to get to Alfonso. Is, is <laughs> the way true. how good things are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's right. the thing. You watch the Emmys. No, it's lovely. and you see the great thing about the Emmys last year was that was the moment Regina King won for. You love Regina King. I love Regina King. Yeah, everybody loves Regina King. Me too. There was that great moment where she won the supporting actress Emmy for limited limited series, miniseries, that sort of thing, and she was up against Angela Bassett, Kathy Bates. Um, Monique, yeah, uh, and Sarah Paulson, I think, were the five nominees. Good there actress. might be somebody. There might have been six. I don't remember who the sixth person was. But anyway, she wins the Emmy. She beats Angela Bassett, yeah. and Monique for an Emmy. Accepts the award from Terrence Howard and Taraji P Henson. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> there was no. And think about this: five years before that, Regina King had written a note on the Huffington Post saying, "You know, the Emmys are so white." Yeah. Like, what's up with the Emmys? Like, why aren't there any black nominees? Um, and why are there frequently no black nominees? And I think that what's happened in TV is not this sort of direct, like, PR push. There's been a real infrastructural opening up of opportunities for all kinds of people. And the thing about the Academy Awards is you can make all the presenters black, but then in 2016... Or you know, this year in 2017 for the for the for the uh, the movie release year of 2016, what do you have? Like, I mean, what is coming out in 2016 that can be nominated for Oscars in 2017? Here's what's going to solve the problem: Hamilton the musical as a movie when it wins like <laughs> 17 Oscars. Yeah, but I mean, that'll be when it lays the. It's, it, we, that's uh, like 2019. Solved. 2019. How, when they really have to wait four I mean, years for a I don't, I movie? I mean, you need to talk to Lin Manuel. By the way, you should have Lin Manuel Miranda on your show. He should I just still haven't on. seen it. I sent my wife and my daughter, and it was like the greatest night of their life. I think. I think some, everyone who goes, I it's think the greatest night of their life. To you. It's it's a pretty great night at the theater. I got to say, and I, I mean, I can't imagine what the energy's like in the theater now. I saw it almost. Six months ago, yeah. I can't imagine what the energy's like in that in that theater now. No signs of abating. Mm-mm. We and you know, it's really good. One thing that one movie that didn't get nominated, I was surprised by was was Jobs because Jobs fits that. I didn't really like Jobs. Jobs did fits I. that. Jobs fits that whole Oscar stereotype for what gets nominated. Like if Bridge of Spies was Bridge of Spies is a better movie, but 
if that's going to make it. I thought Jobs just on pedigree and Fassbender and, you know. Well, Fassbender's a nominee. Kate, Wins- Kate Wins- Winslet is a nominee. Right. Uh, so is how Sorkin, is Jobs not a nominee? I don't nominee. remember now. Was Sorkin one of the, did, did the screenplay get nominated? I think it did. Um I, I just don't think it's a particularly remarkable movie. I mean, it's utterly conventional, I think. And I, I have... Did you think Bridge of Spies was a remarkable movie? Uh, I thought it was a remarkable entertainment... Get, look, Steven Spielberg, even when he's... when he's This isn't even a phoned in. I think the thing about Spielberg is you expect him to phone it in. And he's yeah. not. Like, there are some great shots in Bridge of Spies. I think it really hangs together. It's fun. Um, and as much as something like that can be fun and, you know, Tom Hanks, I think we, we take for granted now. I think he could never be nominated again. I mean, like, I just think that he is like oxygen or something. He's the opposite of Meryl Streep where when Meryl Streep farts, she gets nominated. Although she didn't this year. Hanks is um, like, she did fart though. She Tom, actually, yeah, she, she didn't get nominated Hanks for farting. Hanks is like Tom Brady. God. He's just, you know, he's going to throw for 4,000 yards, have his 30 TDs. Seven right, picks. but he'll get a Doesn't he'll get a he'll is. get a Super Bowl to play in, or at least an AFC Championship game to play in, and almost every year. Hanks is kind of like beholden to the memory of his peers, and I think that everybody sort of takes his excellence for granted. I mean, Mark Rylance is the guy, not unjustifiably, getting all the attention in the acting department for that movie. Right. Um, Mark Rylance will probably win the Oscar too, I think, for that movie. Well, before we keep going. Uh... Shout out to our friends at Simply Safe. I have a little tip that will save you a huge headache later. Do you want to hear it? I, by all means, lay it on me. Um, any home security that says it's free usually means it has a contract attached to it. Yeah, okay. It's a little, it's a little smoke and mirrors. Wonder if my sister knows that. She's got a big house. Yeah, it'll be like, hey, three years. All of a sudden, thousands of dollars, and you can't get out of it. Um, you're locked in. Which really? is why there's a better way to protect your home. I wanted to tell you about it. Simply Safe Home Security, a longtime sponsor of this podcast. So easy. No long-term contracts. $14.99 a month. 24-7 protection. Easy to set up. Everything you'd ever want. Fantastic. It's the only security I trust. And if you visit simplysafebill.com, you get 10% off. Simply Safe Bill. Dot com. Jodie Foster, remember Panic Room? Oh yeah, she had, she had all that. Safe. She had cameras. Yeah, she had the she had the thing. People still got in. If she had had Simply Safe, Forrest Whitaker would have never, never gotten gets in, there. in. Nope, nope, nope. I kind of like that movie now. Now it's like a rewatchable cable movie that I never expected would be rewatchable. But I I do like when people are trapped in a place and people are trying to get in and. It's, it's got some elements I like, and Jody's good in it. They're both, Kristen Stewart is good. Kristen Everybody, Stewart, I feel like they're related. Yes, yes. It's one yes, of those. Like yes. I, I've, I, I could totally see them being the mom-daughter. There was a moment where Kristen Stewart and Jodie Foster were basically the same person. They might be. She might have cloned herself. <laughs> Not anymore, though. There's no demonstrable. There's no demonstrable way you. There can was also a really good era from like '97 to 2002 when women that attractive actresses but maybe didn't weren't as quote unquote sexy mm-hmm. as like say Jolie mm-hmm. in her peak and the solution was just to put them in t-shirts with oh, the, very the, flimsy the tank bra. tops the yeah. Helen Hunt Jodie Foster yeah. like it was just less clothes maybe that'll do it and yeah. it was actually led to like, Jodie Foster's cute in that movie I think that Linda Hamilton sort of, I mean I Linda think Linda Hamilton there was a, started you're right I think Demi Moore and Linda Hamilton I think G.I. Jane was I'm gonna get the date wrong for G.I. Jane 
Um, I think it's 96 or 97. Lori Petty. Lori Petty. Lori Petty. I mean, Terminator 2 started it. They're like, look at her biceps. Look Although her, Julia her Roberts in Pretty Woman also walked around in a tank top. Like, I mean, I think she walked the streets of Los Angeles in a tank top. Let's talk about Oscars. Yes, please. So, we have eight films, and it's a weird year, which has happened before, where I'm not positive there's a standout yet, but the, the advertising and all the PR stuff hasn't really started yet. At gunpoint, if I had to pick one right now, even though plus 1,500, I think, are the odds, mm. I think I would pick The Martian. To win? Yeah, I think it's like the safest pick. I know. Is that crazy? How one? I mean, I guess the Ridley math Scott got snubbed. Way. Matt Damon. Everybody liked it. Oh, are I think you these smelling other ones an Argo gonna, situation? Yeah. Mm, I think all I like these that. other ones are going to carve out their little niche things. And I think most people are just going to look at it and go, eh, I really like The Martian. And just check it. Wow. I think it's a good sleeper. That's I don't know a, if it'll win, but I think it's a good sleeper that's pick. That's a good story that you're telling, though, about... about the sort of the rallying behind and Ridley around. Scott, I feel yep. bad he was nominated. Revenant will get picked apart. That's not going to win. Big Short will get picked apart. That's not going to win. Uh, Spotlight. Spotlight. I think Can't, the I mean, nitpick on that one will be it's like been thoroughly vetted though. At this point, I mean, I feel like. But the, was it special? Is it a special movie? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, I think it's. I think its specificity kind of works against it in some ways. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's localness, basically. It's 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 narrative localness. Obviously, that story is an international story. Um, Wouldn't you say that the best parallel for, for Spotlight would be Argo, an ensemble movie? Mm-hmm. Well done. Not, not 100% special. Really well done. And yet, now it has the Oscar. And when it's on cable, and it's it's very well done. <laughs> I like it. It's good. When I see it on cable, I'm I'm always a little half surprised that it actually won the Oscar. But you know what's funny about Argo? And this won't happen with Spotlight because it just wasn't a hit the way Argo was a hit. Yeah. And probably at this point won't be. Argo comes up a lot as a as a as a pop culture reference still. Mm. Like, you know, they cut that or you know, that Iranian deal went through the other day and they released those prisoners and there was a big story in the in the papers about how there was some last minute drama on the tarmac about whether Jason um, Resign was going to get on the plane with his wife and his mother, whether yeah. the Iranians were going to let him go. And apparently John Kerry had to like make a phone call to sort of say, look, you guys, you promised that this, that Jason can get on the plane. You got to let him on the plane. Now the, 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 the state department person who was in, who was aware of whatever was going on with this was like, it's kind of like out of Argo. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so Argo, that's how they go to Argo just comes up a lot as, as a, in a lot of different ways too. Um, as a, as a, as a easy pop culture reference point for not just things that happen in Iran, but, for other stuff too, um, I don't. Spotlight is that's never going to happen with Spotlight. To its credit, in so a are weird you way. in the camp of? No, actually, I liked how understated the direction was, and he kept it simple, and he didn't try to go over the top with anything. Or are you like me, where you're like, I really like that movie. It was excellent. Um, it's the best TV movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it easily could have run on HBO, and I. 
I wouldn't have felt like, wow, this movie's too fancy for HBO. This is too of an amazing movie. It's too well done for HBO. It would have been I, like, yeah, this is a really great okay, HBO movie. Okay, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? It, it, was it this a giant cinema movie or was it a movie that just could have premiered at Saturday 8 p.m. on HBO? I think that that argument should be aimed to other Best Picture nominees. Room? And well, Brooklyn. Room's another one. Room's the best Lifetime movie ever made. Room and Brooklyn are two movies that... Coming up on the Lifetime channel. She's been <laughs> in the same room for seven years with her captor. But no, that's not even the movie, no, actually. that's not even the movie. That her actually, captor That her. actually is a better movie. <laughs> that actually is a movie that does not insult my intelligence as a human being I like feelings. I, I just like, like Brie Larson. I'm in on Brie Larson. Be on, She's be, great in it. Be in on Brie She's Larson. Awesome in She's going to win Best Actress. Be great all in performance. on her. But but think about how much. I mean, this is. I don't. I want to sort of lay on the table for one for one second that I think the problem with this movie is that it is it is it is sexual torture and capture for dummies. I think that I'm a dummy, so that worked for me. I, no no shots to you, but I do think that. It takes the safest possible way that, this to, is true. to tell this story from it's the point from the of kids view perspective, though. I I just that just is nauseating to me. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but I think it's the cheapest possible ploy in telling this story. So Brie Larson, you if you saw ninety seconds of the captor just having his way with Brie Larson and she's crying, then then you're okay. You're trying to trap me. I'm not trapping you. I'm not going in. I'm not that trying room. to trap you. I will just say that is that what if, you needed? If, you, you, if you're going to make a movie about a woman, basically who, capped as a sex as as in sexual slavery for seven years, yes, don't tell it from the point of view of her of her of her rapist child. Yeah, I well, don't but, know. I mean, just, if if you tell it from any other point of view that's one of the most grisly movies i'm ever going to yeah, see yeah i mean in my okay life. so you're so you're so basically this reminds me of my problem with the 127 hours i feel like i also had problems with 127 the, the hours. honest version of that movie doesn't have any of the gravy and whipped cream and cherries and jimmies and sprinkles that 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 um that danny boyle's excellent filmmaking gives you right yeah. i didn't mind watching that movie and i should have I should have hated every second of that movie. It's a guy trapped in a crevice with his hand caught between a boulder and the wall. Yeah. For 127 hours. Yeah. It was disarming. <laughs> so, um, so your favorite movie was? Of those eight movies? Wait, we didn't unpack The Revenant yet, though. What's well, the argument gonna... against The Revenant? Um, I think people... It's a little like like the New England Patriots for me. Mm-hmm. This is good. I like where this you is like going. You like where this is going. I like where this is going. The expectations are so high that if it doesn't get there, you're, you're talking purely in terms of the Oscars or the quality yeah, of the Inaratu, movie. Leo, right, 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 um, right. Outdoors, took a ton to film, Tom Hardy, got all these people, this should be the bet. And it's basically Jeremiah Johnson 40 years later. And he threw in a couple scenes where there's crows and Indians and all the stereotypical shit you shouldn't do when you're making a movie. He did it anyway. People are disappointed in it. They feel like it's cliched. Why does he have to climb in the horse? All, all this stuff. And the reality is, I saw it in the theater. I, I concentrated and was affected the whole time. It had some really memorable moments and scenes. Yes. All the actors were excellent. It's really well filmed. The lighting was unlike anything I've ever seen. 
and I liked it. I'm not going to apologize. I don't thought think it was cool. I thought I, it was a memorable movie. I don't think there's anything to apologize for. I think that I I, th- I love the Patriots analogy because it also brings it also that that also is at this point incorporating Inyaritu, who is Belichick. I, I hate how you can pronounce it so much better than I can. Sorry. Uh, I've been stuck with this guy for longer than Birdman and and the Revenant is the problem. Yeah, and so really is the Academy though, right? I mean, this is his third Best Director nomination. Uh, I feel like directors think this guy is just amazing. That's the thing that has to count though is that the other directors are like, "Wow, I'm jealous of that scene. But That's amazing." Here, okay, so let me ask you some questions about Bill Belichick. Yeah. So Bill Belichick is no other coaches like him. No other coaches like him. No other coaches like him. No other coaches like there are. You're not saying there's nobody who compares to him. You're saying people don't like this. Yeah, man. they just he treats everybody. You know, he has okay. no time for anybody. He's, so I think that there is a Brady Belichick analogy between DiCaprio. I like it. And 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 Inyaritu. Like I think that and Inaratu. <laughs> Inaratu is the guy who makes the movies that that yeah. somebody else likes. Yeah. Um I think that there is this it's it's both in the culture of the of this town of Los Angeles and in by extension the academy, but I also think it nationally now the more exposure people get to to Inaratu and you know We've been with the DiCaprio's been with us for a long time. I think that the combination of these two guys can maybe start to seem insufferable if they if this keeps going for six more weeks. Leo's just Leo's very much like Brady, even to the point that they've shared the same woman. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's but it's just he makes the right choices. He really only cares about acting and staying up till five thirty in the morning looking for supermodels. He's shown no. I guess he he's had a couple of causes. Right, he's gotten attached to. He, but for he the most gave part, us a new cause at the Golden Globes last week, which yeah, was the good. new one, Native Americans. Yeah, and he'll, I think he'll go that's from cause to cause. That's a legit. That's a legitimate thing to bring up. I think it pivots the movie from being a movie about the difficult, arduous circumstances under which it was made to a movie that that that's about and speaking to like so-called First Nations people, American Indians. Um, and it also deflects people away from the fact that they basically just remade Jeremiah Johnson. For anybody who remembers Jim or Jeremiah Johnson. My dad's favorite movie ever. A lot of people's favorite movie. My dad's favorite movie of but all time. I, I think, and I Some and say I he's up say, there still. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, we should have your dad on to talk about Jeremiah Johnson. Though, he loved Jeremiah point. Johnson. And guess what? He loved The Revenant. Did he? I mean, yeah. and I think that there's a, there is a sort of lure in this this brings us back in in a weird way to the Oscars and the white in the whiteness issue, right? The thing that I found somewhat revolutionary about The Revenant for its first forty five minutes was that it seemed to be not simply aware of the narrative imbalance with regard to white people and and American Indians. It was trying to address that imbalance narratively, yeah. and. I, there's a moment when the Indian chief, and I'm not going to spoil anything in the movie for anyone, so don't don't worry. But there's a moment early on where the Pawnee Indian chief is sort of there's a shot of him wandering through a burning camp after there's been a slaughter, yeah. and he mentions that he's looking for his daughter. He goes from one side of the frame, more or less diagonally, to the other side of the frame, from the top across to the bottom. I think this is my memory of that that shot, and it blew my mind. 
it blew my mind because I don't recall a movie giving that kind of emotional credence to a person who under ordinary circumstances would only be a villain. Yeah. His villainy. I mean, villain, they're all villains under these circumstances. It's the wild effing West, so to speak. It's, it's a free for all. And there is no, there are no pure bad people. Everybody's, everybody sucks. And I thought that Inyaritu and his three screenwriters were trying to rebalance what I felt was sort of, was a, you know, obviously longstanding Hollywood imbalance in Westerns. Um, as it turns out, Tarantino did a much more daring job of, of trying to rebalance the racial situation. In Not nominated. Not nominated. Pretty much for anything. No. Um, and the revenant sort of after its first hour turns into ultimately turns into a survival chase picture with Leonardo DiCaprio. All right. So I, I, here's the best way that I think we should think about the Oscars okay. is five, five, six, seven, eight years from now. Just what's going to stand out. What are we going to remember? Yes. Don't react to just what, it, but just think like, all right, long term, we're stuck with these picks. Now we're stuck with the nominations and we're stuck with the winners forever and we do we want to end up in a situation like with crash which is now actually probably a little bit of an underrated movie because no people way. are so mad it's not as no bad. way people react now like it's karate kid three like it's not <laughs> it's not that bad it's karate kid it's got, four it's got, <laughs> it's got some decent acting performances it's not it's not a catastrophe Listen, i all like i'm there's nobody bigger a bigger there's nobody who's a bigger fan of going back and being honest about the truth than yeah. i am when it comes to art that movie is bad every year. Okay. It's not as bad as people. When's the last time you saw it? I should see it again. You should see I it remember, again. I remember liking Sandra Bullock entering her MILF stage. I was I enjoyed that. <laughs> There's a couple Matt Dillon, best performance he's ever had. Oh, a little Terrence Howard action. I'd forgotten so that I liked Terrence Howard. It's shameful. It's just a movie that is written by a person who didn't know any of the people in the movie. So here's 2009, a year that we both liked. That's a great Oscar year. It wasn't okay. a great movie year, but the Oscars make it look like a really great movie right. year. Hurt Locker wins. Avatar, Blindside, District 9, uh, An Education, uh, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, uh, Serious Man, Up, <laughs> Up in the Air are yeah. all of our nominees. Jeff Bridges won for Crazy Heart. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Some of these I can support. Sandra Bullock won for Blindside. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Uh, uh. Colored her hair, little bubble butt action. Who were the five nominees? It was Meryl Streep and Julia and Julia, Gabby Sidibe, Carrie Mulligan, Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren. Yeah, I mean Gabby Sidibe is your so winner. So Monique wins. Monique wins, and Christopher Waltz wins for Inglorious Bastards. All right, yes. so now it's been five, six years. Yes. What do you remember from that year? The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Enjoyed it. Hasn't. Maybe had the legs. I think there's been some movies, some Middle East war movies since where, you know, it's good. But now it's now it's part of a collection of movies from about yeah, that it, area. It's not. I mean, whatever it's is not, iconic about it is not. It's not iconic. No, it's say. not. Uh, Blindside, Bullock. On all the time. On all the time. Watched it with my daughter a month ago. She loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's a watchable movie. It's it's actually got some legs and it and it propelled Bullock into this this uh nolan ryan phase of her career right. isn't kathy bates also in that movie kathy bates is yeah in that i movie. mean it's just got all the right cable 
elements. It'll just play forever. Up in the air? As much as I hate it. The last good Clooney performance? <sighs> last memorable Clooney last performance? Last memorable one, yeah. Probably. This wasn't a, this is weird. It was, a, it was a fun year, but it wasn't a very good year. But now no, you, go, now you go back to 99. But the reason to bring up uh, 2009 with respect to the Oscars, though, is that that was the most diverse Best Picture slate in the history it was of great. the Academy. It was great. I mean, you had movies directed by women. You had movies directed by black people. You had movies directed by women about men. You had a movie about it. You had a cartoon about an old person. You had a mega hit. 3D action extravaganza what at that point was the biggest movie of all time but we could have had all these things this year we could, we have, could have had, had a lot some of version things. of those yeah. things but what I but I think that was the first year that the academy had opened up the voting pool to they'd re-expanded it to 10 movies to right. up to 10 movies and I think that people were just like voting their hearts they weren't like paying attention to campaigns in the way that they do now I think there's a kind of I feel like that was just an honest group of Best Picture nominees. I people I've said that before, and people have just been able to explain why co- that happened. It's a fun collage of nominees. It's a great collage of nominees that take to to me tells a really interesting story about the people in the Academy that year. And that was our problem with this year. The collage wasn't the right collage. Well, it didn't. I, I'm going to come out of this year thinking creed like they figured out a way to actually reinvigorate this franchise that had seven movies in it and basically make a black movie out of a white franchise with a black lead and a black director they reinvigorated stallone the boxing scenes were some of the best boxing scenes i'd ever seen oh at least nominate at least honor something about it other than sly um i think but i take mark rylance's oscar win back i think stallone is probably gonna win um i also think that the difference, though, I mean, I just feel like I don't know how Precious became a Best Picture nominee. Excuse me. So that and I don't know how Lee Daniels was nominated for Best Director. That's a weird one, right? And Looking right, back. I just feel like there are so many things that don't make sense about that year that it just feels pure mm. to me. And I feel like there's also a kind of honesty in not nominating something like Creed. I also think that, and I'm, I know I hate to keep repeating this, but there was no campaign for that movie. I think that the idea that the Academy would go for like another iteration of a Rocky movie, it just, I don't think they knew what to they do. Just, to they like put to in get, slime, right. they're done. I think they didn't know what to do to to make Academy voters, all Academy voters, want to see it. So ninety nine, American Beauty wins. Uh, you had Six Sense, mm-hmm. which at the time really cool movie, and a movie that now in the internet culture, I, I think it gets spoiled within five seconds. Right, it wouldn't it wouldn't last. But I mean that they Pacino and the Insider. Yes, Spike Jones does Malkovich. Spacey wins. That's his career performance. Denzel. Mm-hmm. Hurricane in the hurricane though. Hillary oh. Swank, yeah, boys don't goes cry. from acting with Ian Ziering to winning an Oscar in four <laughs> years, which is still one of the most amazing things that does happen. That category had Hillary Swank, Annette Bening, Julianne Moore, and Meryl Streep in it. Who's, and then you're uh, missing somebody. Who, who's and the... Janet McTeer. Janet McTeer, yeah. tumbleweeds. And then uh, Jolie won Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, but you think of '99 and stuff jumps out. Also, and I wonder, like, so what's going to jump out this year? Is why I bring all this up. Um, I think Revenant jumps out. The Revenant, the Revenant, like, well, there's two things about the I Revenant. I don't know if Spotlight has the legs like that. No, the Revenant is also making a ton of money. Yeah, it's good. It's making a ton of money. It's a, it's going to be come Oscar night a huge hit. Come come Oscar, come the closing of the polls. 
to vote for the for the Academy. I think we'll remember the Big Short. Will we? Well, just in terms of, did you like that? I I'm conflicted on it. I I I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I've had a lot of smart people make a case for it for me. I haven't really been convinced by any of those cases. I find that movie to be confused and confusing. I think that I think Adam McKay's idea of what a clarifying anecdote for the crash of the housing market is not clarifying to me. I just don't think it hangs together as a movie and I feel like people's moral moral alignment with with this movie trumps what the movie is actually doing. So you're blaming liberal Twitter. I um, I do blame a degree of liberal uh fealty to 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 this movie's sense of outrage. So the ones that'll stick out for you, Mad Max. Mad Max is you great. Loved. Mad Max is great. Mad Max is an instant classic too. I think it's watchable at any stage of its being on. Now it's not on cable yet, obviously. It's on HBO now. It actually does work on TV, despite the people who've seen it on TV and have been like, I don't really I'm turning this off. It's loud. My biggest issue with Spotlight, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Was the scene when uh, it's so understated the whole time, and then it, oh, the Ruffalo scene. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. no, that's so an you embarrassment. Know where I was going. That's an embarrassment. That is the, that. We need one Oscar scene right. there. Yep. Yep. What that- about the runner? <laughs> it's like, come on. You did you just did the the beauty of that movie was that you didn't play any of the ding, scenes that ding, way. Ding 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 ding. Yep. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. That, that is bothered, the most that bothered me. That's the most. That scene is more embarrassing to me than anything in the big show. He got nominated. Yeah. No. I mean, because he's good everywhere else in the movie, but that scene, I mean, it doesn't sink the movie. Who would you have now? You won supporting actor nomination for that movie. Who gets it? Among um, those guys. Yeah. Okay, Liev Schreiber. Thank you. But but. I really respect and admire what Mark Ruffalo and Brian Darcy James did, you know, because I know those guys. I liked Ruffalo's like how he made his body weird. It was kind of like that is Mike Rosendi's. That is yeah. Mike Rosendi's. That is Mike Rosendi's. Yeah. And he's got this like Rosendi's. I don't know how Rosendi's actually feels about that performance because Rosendi's is like a really proud. He's really proud of his fitness, and you know that comes through in the movie too. Yeah. But there these be these moments. I didn't sit in an office with Mike, so I don't really know what his. Death posture was like but i don't know i really respect and like what all of those actors did in terms of getting the people they were playing right because they didn't have to do that like america doesn't know who sasha pfeiffer is no it was great and the idea that rachel mcadams they have schreiber the, the fact that he just inhabited marty baron it's incredible became him. but i also think i just want to say really quickly about the acting in that movie i think the performances in that movie are are actual proof of what actors who don't get to do a lot of great acting can do yeah when they have something to go for and when they have material that like respects their intelligence very good keaton movie i mean it's a great keaton performance i mean it's a good keaton performance it's rachel mcadams is great she's always good though but but i have never seen her get lost inside a part this way she's never had i mean i guess true detective is was an attempt at that and she really fought hard to make sense in a part that was had nothing to do with her. But I felt like her, her performance in this in Spotlight, I thought, I thought was great because she had something. She had a she had a thing that was very achievable was very achievable for her, and she got it. So we'll remember. Uh, I think this movie's going to win the Oscar. 
spotlight. I th- I would either pick that or Revenant. You can't I dispute think, the but fact I think that Revenant is making shot. so much money. Yeah, you can't. Well, but you might be able to take care of that with Best Director. He won last year. That's great. Two in a row. Now you're talking about him. I mean, I don't know who else wins besides. I mean. I mean, Adam McKay could win. I don't know. I mean, I, I find it hard because everybody votes for director. Like, I mean, everybody votes for all the Oscars at this point. Adam McKay won't win because he'll be considered an outsider. Probably. I think yet he too. Oh, yeah. He directed in, Step Brothers. He's he, out. Right. I mean, that he's a nominee, I guess, is supposed to be like a consolation. Can anyone him. other than Brie Larson win? No. Feels like that's done. No, that's that's that seems pretty. It's solid. just too bad. Joy wasn't entertaining at all. Uh I think it had, that's another movie that had moments, oh, but it stop. didn't, it doesn't, it does not hang together we as a movie. We need to break that whole crew up. I think America feels that way too. Yeah, just stop. I just, feel, I heard a lot of people who did not want to see that movie because they felt they'd seen it before. And I think this is the Woody Allen movie. I think Russell is now, and this might be what he wants in a weird way, but yeah. the reason those Woody Allen movies don't really break out the way, I mean, every once in a while there'll be one that'll make like, a lot of money and show up at the Oscars. Yeah. And it's because, I mean, I just think people go through these peaks and valleys and they think, you know, they're not missing anything with Woody Allen. I mean, he's prolific in the way that Roth, a lot of writers are prolific. Um, and you know, he's prolific in a way of movies over and over again about somebody dating somebody who's like 65 years younger than them. Something he's along made those like lines. 20 of those. Now. Right. Right. Along those Dating lines. Dating back to the seventies. Listen, I it's think fucking creepy. It is creepy. I'm not it here really to defend is. Woody Allen. How I'm creepy is Manhattan now? I'm with you. Is there a creepier movie than Manhattan? It's Not. like if Bill Cosby had made a movie about <laughs> casting for actresses or I something. I mean, if you, I'm, you know, it's funny because I'm now watching all these Cosby Show episodes. Oh no, and I'm, re- I've yet to find one that like, oh, here's a clue. I've, it's amazing. Like, this is a completely separate issue from that show. And yeah. and I hope that I'm I'm only in season three. I'm right. I'm hoping nothing comes up. But so we think Leo. You know, one other thing I'll remember about this year. I think it'll be Ridley Scott's last great movie because it's really hard to start keep making movies when you're in your eighties. It's not hard. rolling it out, but it's I good. mean Eastwood. Good chance Ridley it's Scott, his last great one. But you know, um, an iconic Damon. Some great performance. French directors. Ooh. You know, I love Damon. Yes. Yes. Well, I do best. too. We're in like basically year oh. the third decade of Damon. I mean, here's the thing about best actor. At least with regard to these two guys, right? Yeah. Matt Damon is, we've said this before, I think Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio, I think DiCaprio is finally properly rated. Okay. I don't think Matt Damon will ever get his due as being as good as he is. Here's my question with best Oscar. Yes. For that. Best, Best actor. Best actor. Yeah. If you swap those two actors for those movies... Holy cow. Damon. I don't think DiCaprio does The Martian. It's too easy. No, I'm. that's not a question. Okay. DiCaprio's in The Martian. Yeah. Is it better, worse, or the same? DiCaprio I think it's worse. DiCaprio would find, he would like have to it's not like, as funny. like bury himself in the dirt. He it's couldn't, darker. It's a darker movie. He wouldn't want to come back. Yeah. I don't know. He'd, He'd be like, die. you know what? I'm just going to stay out here and colonize Mars myself. It's not funny. No. With DiCaprio. No. Okay. No. no. Damon's in The Revenant. It's just as good. It's the same. It's just it's as, the same it's caliber the same, of movie. It's the same movie. This is a great point. Bro. Yeah. I think it's the Damon's, same movie. I think Damon wins Best Actor. In I think general? He was in life? I just he's think he life's was, Best Actor? No, I think he's better in The Martian. I just think I, it's a better I, performance. I don't think. Okay. So let's back it's up the for a second. It's the Castaway Hanks argument of 
doing more with less. Like he's in the movie by himself and like just staring into a camera like that shouldn't have worked like it did. Well, here's the thing about Matt Damon has he's got two modes. Matt Damon is a movie star and he can act. Yes. And in The Martian, the best aspects of The Martian, and I think some of the stuff at the space station were, I mean, at the at NASA were really good, too. Yeah, I do. Um, I agree. I mean, I think The Martian but is a really... why was Kirsten Wiig in this movie? Why was any, why were any of those? It was basically they're all signing a We Love Matt Damon petition. Oh, yeah. Every single person in that movie from Kristen Wiig to Donald Glover was like, we love this guy. But, and, and probably Ridley Scott too. But I also think that um, the stuff in Florida is really good, or, or NASA yeah. is really good. And I think that everybody, every human piece of that puzzle just makes sense. The Martian is a really entertaining movie that I think is... I mean, that's about all it is, but that's a lot, given how bad that movie could have been. It reminds me of Gravity. It's just, just delivers. It's just really good. It's but well done. It's well the acted. The difference between this and Gravity, it's a similar thing, but Quaron is, I mean, with all due respect to Ridley Scott, Quaron yeah. is a genius. Right. He's a genius. Ridley Scott's not a genius. He's no. not even close to a genius as a, as a, as a filmmaker. Um, I mean, there are probably actors like to work with him. Um, cause he's a, he's a, he's a weird technician who's also good with actors. The actors at the same love time. this guy. Yeah. And, but I think Quaron is just operating at a level beyond we have to go. these guys. Okay. What, uh, else, what else do we, what else do we have to Supporting get? actor? Stallone. Okay. Supporting actress. Um, your winner there is probably going to be, I don't know. That's a, that's a toss up. Anybody can win that. Jennifer Jason Lee, I think is probably... I don't know. I mean, Kate Winslet. Does Kate Winslet need another Oscar? How many Academy members actually? She only watch, has one. But. How many Academy members actually watch The Hateful Eight? Would be my fear with Jennifer Jason Lee. That's probably. I mean, I, I think that's 30%. probably why it didn't do as well as as like Django and Inglorious Bastards too. I think that that it was too much for even the the people in the Academy who love Tarantino. And uh, speaking of racism, we forgot in the Oscars, we forgot to mention was Khalifa not getting nominated for the Fast 7 song, which was only one of the five biggest songs of 2015. Yeah. I mean, and but the weekend the most did. crucial, the most crucial part of that movie was the Wiz Khalifa song. It's I saw sad that movie but true. With, I saw that movie with Rave Bartholomew, Marco Santi, and uh, Dave Schilling. Oh, it's a murderer's row of Fast and Furious fans. It really was. We saw it at LA Live back when I was still at Grantland. And that scene, none of us knew it was coming. And we kind of all, none of us made <laughs> eye contact. I was like, guys, you ready to go? Like, just we're I all love like, when go straight guys wind up having oh, to have an best. emotional moment. It was it's like, like a, it's worse than being in a, urine, a, a, like a string of urinals with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> when they're all maybe going to cry and they just don't want to look at each other. It was a commercial. It's like, uh, all right, guys, want to get back to the office? What a, what a yeah. street jacket. But how does that not even get nominated? What a um, movie. I, mean, I don't what, get what that. I really don't get that. Yeah. I mean, The weekend's getting nominated for Earn, Earned It. Uh, I'm happy that happened. It does get a black person at the Oscars, by the way, like last year when Common and, and John Legend went for Selma. I think they rigged the song category. I don't think people actually I don't get that. the song category because yeah, last year there was a, it was a really good original song yeah. there, and they got maybe two of them right. Hmm. Um Wesley anyway, Morris, we can find you in the New York Times. You can you can find me at the New York Times. It's true. You wrote a really good piece about David Bowie. Oh, thank you. I really liked it. Thank you. Yeah. 
It was good. Sadness. It was good. The MTV, really weird interview. Good YouTube clip. Check it out. Uh, you're working on a couple other things. You can just check out Wesley on your Twitter feed, the New York Times archive page. Yeah. Wherever. He'll there. be back next time you're in LA. Every yeah. time you're in LA, come on up. I, I certainly will. All right. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, thanks to HBO Now, you don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Download the HBO Now app and start your free one-month trial today. Do you know the Godfather Epic is on HBO Now? Is it? Seven the hours. The whole thing? There's like a half hour of deleted scenes in it. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33. Subscribe to both of those podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thanks, Wesley. Thank you, Bill. I'll come back. We can talk about the actual nominations. Yeah. I mean, the actual show. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.